I'm going to continue with our series that we're doing, and you'll see Mom's Fit. But we have been talking about commitment and the fact that commitment matters. Commitment matters in life. Commitment matters in relationships. Commitment matters in church. Commitment matters in work. Commitment matters according to Scripture. And so we've been talking about commitment for a couple weeks now, and we're going to continue here uh, today. And we are going to talk about the fact that commitment matters in our work. You know, sometimes you preach on topic like this and people are like, I just worked all week. What is he going to talk about? I don't want to hear it. Or maybe you had a rough, a rough work week. Maybe your boss was nasty. <clears throat> maybe your week was rough because you need work. I don't know. But work is not a bad word. Work is something that God created us for, actually. Uh, we know in Scripture that it said he created Adam and Eve, and he put them in the garden to work it. So we were created for work. Now the curse was really hard work, sweat, labor, and nothing to show for it. That was the curse. But work was not a curse. Work was before uh, the fall and before uh, sin entered in. So work is good, all right? But before I get too far, I have got to read to you about the hardest working person in the entire Bible. And I'm just, don't give any answers, but who thinks they know the hardest working person in the Bible? Just think about all the stories you know, Bible stories. Okay, I'm going to read to you the hardest working person in the world from Proverbs 31, verse 10. Yes, we're talking about a mom, okay? The hardest working people in the world are moms by far. Okay, moms, you can cheer right there. Say, come on. Because Proverbs 31 is talking about a woman and obviously also a mom. An excellent woman, I'm reading from the Amplified, an excellent woman, one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous, who is he who can find her? A virtuous woman, one who's spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous, who is he who can find her? Her value is more precious than jewels, and her worth is far above rubies or pearls. The heart of her husband trusts in her with secure confidence, and he will have no lack of gain. She comforts, encourages, and does him only good and not evil all the days of her life. Okay, so, so far we're just talking about her character. Now we're getting into her work. You know, you read this and you're like, this was one hardworking woman. I read this and all the way through, I can put my wife's name behind every single one of them. It's unbelievable. Now, slightly different, you know, like my wife doesn't spin. She goes to Walmart to buy some clothes. But, you know, there's some similarities, and uh, hard work. Listen to this. She looks for wool and flax and works with willing hands in delight. So hard worker, enjoys it. She is like the merchant ships abounding with treasure. She brings her household food from far away. No frills, Sobeys, Walmart, goes and gets groceries, okay? She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and assigns tasks to her maids or her children, you know, whatever, or her husband. But anyway, she's... She's got this bossiness, this ability to, to get things done. She considers a field before she buys or accepts it. 
expanding her business prudently. This is a hardworking woman who understands business. With her profits, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. She equips herself with strength, spiritual, mental, physical fitness for her God-given task, and makes her arms strong. Sounds like she works out. I don't know. You go read it in King James if you want, but that's what it sounds like. She keeps herself in shape for all the work she has to do. She sees that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out, but it burns continually through the night. She is prepared for whatever lies ahead. She stretches out her hand to the distaff. Her hand holds the spindle. She's spinning. She opens and extends her hand to the poor. She reaches out her filled hands to the needy. So here this mom is doing all these things and still considering those who are in need. Um, She does not fear the snow for her household, for all in her household are clothed in scarlet wool. She makes for herself coverlets, cushions, and rugs of tapestry. Her clothing is linen, pure, and fine and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates when he sits among the elders of the land. It doesn't actually say how that connects, so I have my own theory on that. She must have also made his clothes, and everybody noticed he looked good. I'm just going to go with that one. She makes fine linen garments and sells them and supplies sash to her merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure. She smiles at the future, knowing that she and her family are prepared. She opens her mouth in skillful, godly wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue giving counsel and instruction. She looks well to how things go in her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. In other words, she's not lazy. Her children rise up and call her blessed, happy, prosperous to be admired. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, many daughters have done nobly and well with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. Charm and grace are deceptive, and superficial beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, reverently worshiping, obeying and serving, trusting him with awe-filled respect, she shall be praised. Give her of the product of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates of the city. That is the longest list in the scripture of anyone's work. That's why I say this is the hardest working person in the Bible, and she's a mom. And in some versions, the last line says, praise her publicly. So I'm going to ask my wife to come up here for a minute. Come, my dear. I did not tell her I was going to do this, and she's right now looking at me like, no, come here. Come, come. I don't do this very often, and my wife is a children's pastor, so sometimes new people come and they don't know I have a wife. So I've got to really make sure. Come on, come right up here with me. Or am I making you do... All right, it's this woman right here, my wife, and I want to publicly praise her. She is so amazing, so strong. The other day we were having a chat, and I said, you know, everything in our life that is amazing, she had the idea or made me do it. So I'm just going to be honest with you. That's the way it is. Uh, the place we live in, you know, like I said, they bought a field. She said, I think we've lived in this old trailer long enough. Let's go find a place. (laughs) And we looked at places. She said, that's the place. So always just an amazing woman who doesn't care about being shown off. And of course, extremely beautiful. Please give her a hand. I love her so much. 
Okay. So see, there was something for Mother's Day, okay? Uh, ladies, each of you, God has put something in you that's amazing that us guys don't understand. Yeah, we can work hard, and we're going to talk about that a little bit here today as well. But uh, we just want to say thank you, moms. Thank you, ladies, for who you are and what you do. So commitment. The definition of commitment is the act of binding ourselves to a course of action no matter the cost or the outcome. When you commit to something, you've made a decision, I'm going to see this through. I'm going to do it to the end. So all of us have made commitments at some time or another, but the commitments we're talking about here are lifetime commitments. We've already talked about commitment in relationships. And today, talking about commitment in our work. Are you the kind of person who commits, who gives your time and effort at wherever you work. You see, today we live in a culture where it seems slowly people are losing the idea of committing to work. I'll work if you give me what I want, if you treat me the way I want, and if you you don't make me work too hard. And I might show up on time, but I might not. And I might come, but I might not. Now, Before I go any further in this message, I want to make sure that you know none of this is related to my staff. I have very good staff who work hard. Okay, this is just a message for all of us to really understand why we do commit to work. That you can see that it's scriptural, it's good for us, and there's a reason, okay? So I believe that we need to change the trend, and I believe that as adults, parents, we play a role in helping people to understand why do we commit to work? It's hard sometimes. It's not fun. Why? Well, Scripture makes it really clear. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And the first point I want to look at is commitment in our work brings prosperity. And if you've been a part of our church for a while, you may remember a series a while back about prosperity where we talked about hard work. So some of this you may remember in this section. Proverbs 21.5, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Proverbs 10 and verse 4 says, laziness brings poverty, hard work makes one rich. A wise son harvests in summer, A disgraceful son sleeps right through the harvest. So I'm just showing you that scripture really makes it clear. If you commit to working hard, it brings prosperity. There is no such thing as a rich, lazy person. I know some of you right now are thinking, what if they had a really rich dad? And Anyhow, they won't be rich for long if they stay lazy. That's just the way it is. Okay? They will find ways to procrastinate. They will find ways to use it and it will be there. So, Proverbs 13, verse 4, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. The scripture is so full of it, I just am reading you them pretty quick because I want you to know I didn't come up with this. The scripture did. Proverbs 14, 23, there is profit in hard work. Who's done some hard work in their past? Probably everybody's going to put their hand up for that. You're like, well, I was just a teacher. That's the hardest work ever. (laughs) I'm not just talking manual labor here. Hard work comes in different forms. Whatever your position is, 
It can be hard work, and that's if you commit to it, okay? Commit. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work, and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. So that was New Testament scripture saying, hey, you can be in ministry, you can want to serve God, you can be praying and doing things for him and working, okay? Yes, some people are called to full-time ministry and that is their work, but all of us as believers minister in some form or another. We're all in prayer, reading our word, I hope, and God says, yes, do that and work to meet the needs. So commitment in our work brings prosperity, all right? Here's what I'm saying. You can pray for finance. You can pray for your bills to be paid. But at some point, you're going to have to take the opportunity to work hard if you want to see that happen. Does that make sense? So by praying, God could open a door for a job. By praying, God can give you favor. Maybe you get a promotion. By praying, you allow God to move in the Spirit to give you opportunities, but He's not going to come down and do the hard work for you. Does that make sense? He's not going to. It's true. So hard work is good for us. Now, maybe you're here today and you've already had your season of hard work and you're, requ- you're retired Just smile and wave in this message and just thank the Lord. You did it. You were faithful, okay? And you can pass on wisdom. You can pass this wisdom to the younger generation, okay? Because Scripture makes it clear the older are supposed to give to the younger. And it actually specifically says older women should teach the younger. Some of the older ladies in here today, you know what that verse was talking about where moms work hard. Some of you had a job and raised kids. Some of you raised a lot of kids and had gardens and you did everything necessary. Can you pass this on? Can you pass this on to not just your kids but others? Because they need to hear it, the reward of it, the joy of it from working hard and committing. Commitment in our work pleases the Lord but laziness actually displeases him according to Scripture. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So why do we commit to working hard? The Lord says we should do it like we're working for him. If Jesus himself came walking in the room and said, I've got some drywall holes that need fixing, who will help me? Would you be like, yeah, I'm going to have shoelaces undone. I'm just going to go there if I feel like it. No, you're not. You'd be like, yes, I'll do that. Sure, sure, let's let's do this. The point is, he's saying, whatever you do, whoever your boss is, don't look at your boss, say, Lord, you've given me a healthy body. You've given me strength. I'm going to give it my best today for the time I'm here. And when you do that, you will be blessed. You know, some people, I've heard them say, it seems like there's not really job security. If you want job security, 
work hard. You will have job security. Bosses don't fire people who work hard. Do I have any bosses in here? Do you fire the hardworking people? No. Of course not. If you want job security, work hard. Let's continue with God's word because I believe that's the best for us. Hebrews 6 and verse 10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Scripture is clearly telling us God is pleased when you work hard and he wants you to continue diligent in whatever he's given you to do. If you're at a job and you're like, I don't know if I like it, if you've prayed about it and you don't have a clear direction to another one, then you work hard where you're at. Don't jump from job to job every time you don't like something. Unless God himself is leading you. But that, you'll know that, okay? I'm just going to give you some boss insider tips, okay? So if you take a resume to a boss and say, I'd like to work, and they look at your resume, and every six months you have a different job, they know that's about how long it's going to take to train you, and they're probably going to look for someone else. Commitment means you commit to stay there for a while, all right? If you want to work and you want to be successful, commit to stay there for a while, even if it's tough. Everybody good with that? Okay. And I know you're thinking, yeah, but you're a pastor. You guys don't hardly work. Okay, okay. We do. And <laughs> I just want you to know I've had lots of other jobs before I was a pastor. I grew up on a farm, worked on a farm. We knew how to work hard. I worked in uh, sawmill for a number of years, worked out at the pulp mill, then I worked in construction, building houses for a number of years. So I do know hard work, and uh, dad raised us to work hard, and we knew from, as young kids, that verse, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. He had taught us that when we were young, and so we knew how to work. And honestly, I can say there was no job that I had that I felt it was just horrible because I worked hard and I always had favor with the boss. Bosses always appreciated me and treated me well because I worked hard. So working hard is important. Commitment to where God sends you. Proverbs 26 and verse 13. The lazy person claims there is a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. As a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. Uh, I don't want to get up. Eh, eh. Anyways, that's just my interpretation of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> commitment to work means you go to bed so you can sleep and go to work. The commitment doesn't start two minutes before work. Commitment starts with getting yourself ready to go. Did you know that? It really does. Okay, Whew. we have a couple here that know about commitment to work. They have a goat farm, and uh, I heard that when they were having baby goats, kids, that uh, they didn't hardly sleep for some, a few days. They actually had a bed in the barn, sleep for a bit, go back out, check on more goats. Like, that's commitment. 
I think you should get mad because they know about commitment. Yeah, if you farm, you learn about commitment. Okay. I, I don't think I finished about this, the hinges. So they never did any of that stuff. It was like, oh, more baby goats. And up they got. Okay. Uh, lazy people take food in their hand but don't even lift it to their mouth. Okay, I got to be honest. I've never seen someone that lazy ever. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, this looks so good. No. <laughs> I have never seen that, but apparently somebody could get that lazy. Anyhow, <laughs> the scripture, this is Bible. I, I didn't write this. Okay. Lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. Wow. I never knew that there was a connection there. But so that portion of scripture, what he's saying is somebody who's lazy and doesn't want to do anything, they always have an excuse why it won't work. Because it's easier to make an excuse than do it. Oh, there's a lion in the way. That's just saying, well, it's too hard. It won't work. I don't know how. It's an excuse brought out because they don't want to get up and do something. So I just want to caution us all. Let's make sure we're not doing excuses because it might be hard. Let's follow whatever God's given you to do and do well. You know, I've found that if you want to see success, if you want to see God do things in your life, you got to be willing to do the hard stuff with passion and joy. You just, hey, that's what you're leading to me to? It's because you believe I can do it. Get up early and do what needs to be done. And uh, it is good. I remember the sawmill days. Anybody here worked on a sawmill? Okay, a couple of people have Sawmill is pretty hard work, and on the farm, we decided we were going to start a sawmill because we had this one uh, large piece of property with lots of trees, and then we got other trees from other places. So it was an old-school sawmill. Everything was sort of by hand. And uh, somebody, I don't know who, decided, Dan, you can be the edger man. And my older brother, he, was, he ran the head saw rig. And so if anybody's wondering, the logs come down the green chain, big pile of logs, they go onto the head rig, and the head rig guy turns them on there, then he has a lever, and it takes this wagon across this big circular blade, and it cuts a big chunk of the log off, then the log falls on a belt, and then that's over here, and then here's where I stand. Well, depending how big the log is, uh, they're about four or six inches deep, however big, they fall over, and then it was my job to pull them off the moving belt and push them into the edge of where it would take them. And I remember when we started that job, I was like, I've done hard work, I can handle this. It's trying to drag me down the belt, and I'm like, this is not even possible. And that one went off the end into the pile, they had to go retrieve it. The next one comes, oh, I got this. The next one went off the end of the pile. I'm like, who designed this? It's a bad design. Well, it wasn't. I just wasn't tough enough yet. Anyhow, with a little bit of training more, and so here, just pick up the end, move it over here, and there was a metal stand. You can move it over, push down, spin the other end. Well, after a while, a lot of hard work, I had a really tough right arm, I'm just saying. Ooh, Lord. Anyhow, my brother, after a while, he could shoot them off as fast as he wanted. It was hard work. 
But the thing I remember about it, it seemed impossible at first, but it wasn't impossible. By continuing and committing to do it, it became possible. But for the ordinary person, it was impossible. I'm saying this for a reason. What has God asked you to do right now that you think might be impossible? Because if he asked you to do it, it's not impossible. Commitment in our work is important. Commitment the Lord rewards and also clearly says that laziness displeases him. Okay, I want you to know this. Laziness isn't just, oh, it displeases mom or dad or my boss. It actually displeases the Lord, and there's a reason for that. Matthew 25 and verse 24 to 30. So Matthew 25, 24, I'm going to go to that one. It said, Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money. So this is a story Jesus is telling. And he said, the master left and gave his goods to his servants and wanted them to look after the goods. And he expected them to work with that and increase it. It was just understood that's what they were supposed to do. If somebody entrusts you with something, you're supposed to work with it and increase it. That's a, a biblical principle, by the way. So he knew this, but he just gave the money back. And the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Somebody say, ouch. That's a fairly strong passage of scripture where the Lord is very clearly saying, laziness doesn't work for me. A person who is lazy is unfaithful servant. Did you know that God does not call people to serve him who are lazy? And if they become lazy, he says they're unfaithful. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I would love to do something for God. Are you a hard worker? If you're right now saying, I'd love to do something for God and you're a hard worker, he's already got his eye on you. He's probably already preparing you. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Commitment in our work sets us up for promotion in the natural and in God's kingdom. Promotion. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. Here is a scripture that just clearly says, you work hard, promotion comes, and you end up moving up till you're serving in a high position. Okay, we don't have kings today in Canada, so you probably won't literally be serving a king. But the concept is that it will take you to higher positions. Luke 16 and verse 10 says this, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, 
Who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with your own? Here's another scripture God is clearly saying. If you show yourself faithful in the small things, if you can work hard at whatever it is that's in front of you, he's going to give you more guaranteed. Okay? Working hard brings promotion. In Matthew 25 and verse 20, I was reading the last part of the story about the servants. Here's the servants who did it the right way. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I love how the Lord tells the story because he makes it clear that it's the same reward for the one who increased more and the one who increased less. His only thing was saying, did you do something with it? And were you not lazy? The measurement amount didn't matter to him. He said the same thing to them. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. In other words, he's saying, you did your best. You worked at it. To the one who had a little bit of increase and to the other one, you did your best. You worked at it. To the one who had a larger increase. So don't compare yourself to others where you're at but are you doing your best? Are you putting commitment into what you do? God's called you to be a mom. Are you putting commitment into it? If God has given you a job mowing lawns, are you putting commitment into it? Whatever he's given you to do, commit to doing it well. And if you're like, but I hate what I'm doing, then commit to doing it really well while you look for something that you enjoy. I talked about our farmers over here. We have another person who committed everything to a job they were working at while they started creating a business that they were going to enjoy. But none of it would have happened if they had no commitment at the job. The commitment at the job laid the foundation and made it possible to work and create that business. Didn't matter if the job wasn't the favorite place every day. That commitment made the other possible. If they'd be like, eh, I don't like this. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to go sit on the couch and maybe I'll start a job one day. It wouldn't work. Do you understand? Hard work is important. You need to be committed. Colossians 3 and verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And you heard this one, I read the other verse, now we're reading again. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Your work will be rewarded. Don't ever think, oh, I'm working hard for nothing, nobody notices. I'm working hard for nothing, I haven't got a raise for how long? I'm working hard for nothing. You are never working hard for nothing if you're a Christian. You are working hard for the Lord and he rewards well. Do you understand? He pays well. 
Even if your boss has forgotten to, he doesn't forget. And his payment is eternal. He looks after you here, but it's also an eternal payment according to the scripture I just read. So be excited and continue to work for him. When we talk about commitment and commitment to work, I know so many of you are hard, hard workers. I just want to encourage you today, it hasn't gone unnoticed. The Lord sees it, and he has something great in store for you. I know there's some of you, you work hard, and then you come and you volunteer here, and you serve here. It does not go unnoticed. And you can ask the pastors, who are the best volunteers? You know what they'll tell you? The hardworking, busiest people are the best volunteers. And we almost feel bad asking them to do something else because we know they're busy and they're hardworking. The best volunteers are those who already know how to work hard in their jobs every time. Now, again, I'm talking about working jobs. I know some of you are in positions where you don't have one. That's okay. If you have a hardworking attitude, you will have one soon. Maybe there's some of you who are past that. If you still have that mindset and you're feeling like you've got nothing to do, come talk to a pastor. We'll find you something to do with your gifts, with your strengths, if you want. I'm speaking, hey, you know, if you're retired, there's things we have at the church we'd love for you to get involved in if you feel bored at home. Maybe you grew up with that, get her done, work hard, and now you're staring at the walls. Come talk to one of the pastors. I mean that. We'll find something that fits you. I'm not just saying because we have stuff. I'm saying because you matter. You have gifts. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your situation. You have gifts. You have ability. And God's saying, hey, you want to give me some? I'll, I'll put you to work. Okay? Because work is not a bad word. All right. At whatever it is you do. Okay. The greatest commitment of all when we read scripture, and you know I go here at the end of each of these commitment messages because it's true. The greatest commitment of all is the commitment that Christ Jesus made for you and I. He made it for you and I when we didn't deserve it, when we didn't even want it or care. He committed to come down to this earth. He committed to give his life and hang on a cross for you and I. And the thing that blows me away is that he committed before we were here and we look back to it. He committed for those in the Old Testament and they looked ahead to it. But he committed to people who didn't care. You know, I've found over the years it's easy to work hard for someone who shows you that they're thankful and they appreciate. But working hard for someone who doesn't even like you, that's different. <laughs> working hard for someone who makes fun of you, that's no fun. I've been in all these situations. Jesus gave his entire life for you and I when we didn't even care. And then as he hung on that cross, dying and bleeding for our sin so that we could be made right with the Father and live in heaven and have our sins wiped out, while he's hanging there, the people start mocking him. And you and I are saying, oh, well, if I was there, I wouldn't have done that. If we were there, we would have probably done the very same thing because we're human. And you know what Jesus' answer was to it? Lord, forgive them 
they don't even know what they're doing. That's commitment. That is commitment for you and I. And church, if you are here today and you have never accepted that gift of what Jesus did on the cross, maybe you've never asked Christ to come in and save you. If you've not done that, it is easy and you need to do it. Because what he did is not wasted. It was not for nothing. It was for your peace of mind, for your heart to be made right. And the way you receive it according to scripture is simply by using your mouth. Romans 10 verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. And so here at our church, we make an opportunity to speak with our mouth what we are feeling in our heart right now. And I'm going to say a little prayer that you can repeat. And I believe that is the beginning of having Christ make your life brand new. So church, if you'll repeat that after me for possibly that one who has not had an opportunity yet. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. I'm yours. I'm your servant. Amen. I want to just pray over each of you. And I want to pray, maybe there's some who are needing a job. Maybe there's some who just know that they're in the wrong job and need God to help them to their next. Maybe there's others you just need God to help your attitude. So I'm going to just pray that kind of over you as a group, okay? So if you'll just bow with me again and just allow me to pray. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you each of them are here and it's not by accident. You brought them all in different situations, all having different jobs and different mindsets. But Lord, I just pray right now for peace of mind in the job. Lord, I just sense there's somebody on this side, they're in a job that they're supposed to be, but they're having struggles, not peace of mind. So I just declare peace of mind right now. Lord, bless them, give them favor with the boss, put them in the right location in the same job. We just declare that in Jesus' name for whoever that was. Lord, we just thank you that you give wisdom beyond our capability. Lord, I thank you for your word because you love people. You have good things for them. I thank you, Lord, for this section of people right here, blessed. I know possibly some here retired. Lord, I just pray that you'd give them that desire of their hearts to do something that makes a difference. I just sense that's a desire. So Lord, show them where and show them how because they matter way more than they understand, way more than they matter to your kingdom. So Lord, open that door and it's gonna be just the amount they need, just the amount they want, and it's gonna be good. And Lord, I just pray for the businesses represented in this building. Lord, I pray that you would bless the bosses, that they would uh, have good workers, but they would also know how to train the ones that aren't good yet that you give them wisdom how to teach them commitment and uh, that they'll actually raise up some great workers the boss is represented. Lord, I thank you that you bless their businesses. You bless the work that people have. We thank you finances increase in Jesus' name. Amen.